welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode six, I interview Brisbane's Dan Simons. Dan is a true legend in the ultra running world. Although a man who has put down some very respectful times on the road, it's his endurance, both physically and mentally, that make him unique in the local ultra running community. Not shy to wake up at three in the morning to fit in his 50 plus kilometer runs, Dan's training regime is one to truly admire. His running achievements include making the Australian team for the 24 hour running champs in 2019. And he has held five different Australian age group records in ultra running. Additionally, he is a two-time winner of the Young Ultra Runner of the Year Award. His 24-hour distance PB is a whopping 237 kilometres, which is an impressive six-minute per kilometre pace for this time. So enjoy hearing about Dan's stories in the ultra scene, particularly around his nutrition and mental applications to both training and competition. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Good, mate. Yeah, the sun's not very well. He's got um, a combination of rhinovirus and adenovirus at the moment. Yeah. And um, he's just fully congested and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, he's not, not super well at all. How old is he? 15 months now. Yeah, oh, poor little bugger. We've got a two-year-old and a two-month-old. So... Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, a couple would be difficult. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a juggling act. Yeah, we started the daycare this year. So I guess with the exposure there early on, he's just got everything from gastro to hand, foot, mouth, all that stuff. And um, and now this, and yeah, we haven't been too far from all that either. It's normally from yeah. the daycare to him to us, which most young yeah. parents go through. But um, They do. As soon as they go to daycare, <laughs> it's bang, 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 cold after cold. Yeah, it truly is hectic combined with work. Yeah. It makes things busy. How's your running going, mate? I saw you do a 60K training run on Wednesday. Is that right? Yeah, I've done doing a few few longer runs like that um, at the moment. So it's, um, yeah, because I've got a 24-hour coming up. Yeah, okay. Uh, so when is um, that and, and what's the event? So it's the Asian and Oceanic 24-hour championships. Oh, excellent. Um, over in India. So we're going to head over at the end of June. Um, yeah, so it'll be, it's going to be there summer in India. So it's going to be nice and hot. Yeah, right. Uh, and how, how warm yeah. does it get there? It must be pretty hard to replicate that, that heat condition at the moment. Yeah, well, Not that the Brisbane winter's that cold. No, so at the moment it's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to be a bit of a shock to the system. The rest of the team's either in Sydney or Canberra. So they're gonna they're gonna cop it a lot worse than I am. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. Yep. So yeah, I don't I don't do too I don't like the heat, but I don't do too badly in it. Um, but it's still a shock and a still be a shock and a pain to the system, nevertheless. So. Oh, for sure. I guess living in Harvey Bay up there must uh, help you with exposure to the heat in training. Yeah, it's it is a lot more humid up here. Um, than like even just in Brizzy. So it's um it's good for training for this race, but 
<laughs> during the summer it's a bit rough oh i can sure. imagine hey I'll, I'll get through some formalities first on yeah. you including just some sort of uh, biography personally on you running bio and, and then get into some questions particularly around the ultra stuff i'm really excited to be here today to talk to you about that i haven't had much to do with ultra uh, myself uh, nor coaching i did have a conversation an interview with clay dawson you may have seen oh yep a few months ago um and he he's sort of i guess in the last few years in a transition period into ultra and from what i know that you've been in that a little bit longer in terms of a few years so looking forward to conversations around that before we get there i was trying to think of where we may have run into each other or met. I don't think we officially have met out there on the road, but I do recall you running for Bert um, a few years ago. And yeah. maybe maybe that's been the connection or a park run or something. And then I had a faint memory of a, I did it, went to um, that industrial area out at Hamilton a few years ago, that flat yeah. area. And I, I went on my own, but I recall running into a number of Bert guys. It would have been like 10 to 20 of them there i'm adamant you were there it was like middle of winter i'd say i'd say it was two years ago now i'm pretty adamant you were there but i think the guys were doing like a five or 10k time trial out there but it got pretty oh, popular yeah, in that area yeah yeah, bit, oh, yeah i think i do remember that because it was um it was doing a loop around where them kind of apartment blocks and that were yeah. around the park and that. Yeah, real boring loop, but super flat yeah, and quick. It's, and... Just dead, it's just dead flat though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? We, we, yeah, we there, though, do you think? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, like, um, you know, Tim Lim? Yeah, Tim, yeah. Yep. Um, a few ladies. Like, I think um, Olivia Lennon was there. and Kerry, I, always, maybe. I always forget her name, that taller. She's got blonde hair. Is it Sarah? um oh yeah he's running really well now too i remember her being there but um yeah that that was just a, a memory that come up thinking about sort of where we may have met or, or sort of seen each other around the local areas but what about you mate so what's the family set up there you mentioned this afternoon actually through instagram you've got a few boys yeah i've got two boys so i've got the two-year-old and a two-month-old yeah yeah and we um yeah, we moved up here to Harvey Bay about a year ago just to get out of get out of Brizzy. Yeah. Um, bit of a lifestyle change and that. So yeah. Yeah, it's been good. We just didn't want to bring up the boys and or bring up kids in the in the city. Yeah, okay. And um is the older one at all close to taking a few running steps? Oh yeah, he's the buddy he just doesn't stop. You know, <laughs> he's he's full on from the time he gets up, time he goes down. He's just, yeah, he's full of beans. Yeah, and obviously the two-month-old um, is very well stationary, but we'll get, get to um, more around the family a bit later on. How you balance that all too, particularly two kids and one being two months and being an ultra runner. Um, what about like sort of, could you give us an idea of how old you are, if you're happy to give us your age or a range? Oh, 32. 32. So yeah. young, younger than I am, that's... um. That's impressive. I'm I'm 34 myself, but um, yep. yeah, mid, mid, the sort of early to mid 30s is really a prime time for a lot of events, particularly as you imagine the ultra as you get older and older, building that endurance. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, there you go. Between, sorry, even between the 40 to 45 year age, <laughs> kind of where a lot of fellas are peaking. Yeah, um, with the with the longer stuff. Yeah, so I don't know if it's 
like trainer maturity or mental maturity or what it is, but yeah, don't get me wrong. You get the few, you know, early 20 year old fellas coming out and running super quick for, you know, hundred Ks or 24 hours and something like that, but they're always, you know, few and far between. Um, but yeah, but they don't stick around for long. Yeah, no, I definitely Not think it's a combination of both and particularly building those Ks over a, a long period of time. And we will get to that in your training in that transition sort of period from shorter running to longer running. Um, and what about prior to Harvey Bay? Where were, you, were you in Brisbane and where were you based yeah. in Brizzy? Yeah, I was in Brizzy near Indrapilly. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. Um, and I, were, I worked for in training for a while. Oh, yes, right. Yep. For about five years or so there. And then um, went from uh, from in training and then I went to ASICS for a while. Yep. I uh, worked for ASICS and then I kind of just wanted a complete career change and got into something completely different. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you enjoy enjoy that sort of experience working in a in a stall that's pretty obviously relatable to what you do? Um, oh, running? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where it helped me a lot with my running, especially to begin with. Um, prior to starting it in training, I lived in Canada for five years. Yeah. So, um, you know, ski bum, travelled, had a great time. You know what I mean? It yeah. was loads of fun and, yeah, and then um, moved back to Australia and, you know, I, I did a, like the world's toughest mudder and stuff like that over in the States while I was over there and a couple of like Spartan races and that. Um, yeah. So doing more of those obstacle races and come back to Australia and wanted to work on my running a bit more. Yeah. Because um, I found with like the world's toughest mudder, it was the endurance that got me rather than the obstacles. It was um, so yeah. Focus more on my running, and then just kept with the running and dropped off the obstacles. Really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um obviously important to specify as you get more into it. So you know you're developing what you're actually working towards. Um, what about outside of working, family and running? Any other hobbies that you squeeze into the week, or no time for anything? Oh. Not really, not at the moment. Not not hobbies. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, not much the way hobbies. Like I get out, we go to the beach and yeah. you know, go out for brekkie or you know, we used to love doing not so much now with the kids, but we used to love going out hiking and and stuff like that and just going for drives and stuff. But yeah, I wouldn't say I've got another full-time hobby that running takes up pretty much. Yeah. yeah all, all the free time. Yeah, and two children as well. You yeah. Know, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it leaves limited time. Um, so, yeah, let's get to some of the running uh, info and background on you. Obviously, in the last few years, it's been ultra running. And um, I've got a few things listed here. Um, thanks to you actually letting me know because it's often hard to find ultra stuff on the internet you know the IAAF profiles are pretty good for athletics and in, yeah. when I say athletics I mean in terms of road races and events on the track yeah. um, even though I know the 24 hour and events can be on a track with ultras as well 
but that did help. So I've got here that you made the Australian team for the 24-hour running champs in 2019. Um, yep. You've held five different Australian age group records in ultra running. Two-time winner of the Young Ultra Runner of the Year Award. Is that right? Yeah. And then yep. PBs, 24-hour race a PB, which obviously is distance in a 237 kilometers, which I've worked out on a running pace calculator online to be, I think, six minute per K pace. Would that sound about right? Yeah, just shy. So 240 would be 240 yeah. Ks for 24 hours would be exact on six. But when you're over a 24 hour period, it's only, yeah, it's six minutes and seconds really. Oh yeah. And that obviously um, that could fluctuate massively uh in terms of the pace you know because yeah, it's quicker just or slower. Yeah, <laughs> 237 and yeah i think there was a bit of change in there um but yeah, I, just, so, I can't imagine yeah. flicking through your strava splits it must be so interesting to so much scrolling down k after k to, to check oh, out yeah. your pacing after a race and then 48 hour distance pb of 362 k so 237 was last year and you mentioned i believe the 48 hour was 2019 19 yeah yeah and was there a few years there that the ultra events were kind of cancelled with covid like the road runs yeah so we got in the world champs in the end of 2019 um, and that was the last kind of big championships. Because um, I remember just after that, that's when kind of COVID really blew up in Europe and also kind of in Australia. I think it was by March. It was pretty well. 2020, yeah. Yep. Australia, 2020. So um, this is the first champs that have been held since then. Um, so there's been a world's last year got cancelled and I think there's been two Asian champs which is um, what I'm going to in a in a couple of months um, two of those have been cancelled since so we've missed out on a couple of big international races but it's good to see them yeah okay the, and were they the cancelled or was that do you mean the fact that we, we couldn't actually leave the country that you're unable to be a part of them no, so they cancelled them all. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was they, were, they postponed and then postponed yeah. and and then gonna you know run a a like two different champs in the same year or and so forth. But then because they kept getting pushed um, back so far that they ended up well you're running into now the one that's in two years time anyway. Yeah. So they've just kind of ended up just cancelling them. Yeah. Um, but. Because yeah, a lot of the countries, even though that some countries could run the event, there was a number of countries that wouldn't have been able to attend, so they wouldn't have gotten the runners. So it really wasn't, you know, feasible to, to put on a world champs when only half the countries would be able to turn up. Yeah, massive financial loss, I assume, as well. Yeah, like this, we're not like a marathon or yeah anything like that. There's you don't have the following or the, the popularity or the money behind it. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no prize money in these ultra running, especially the track events. Um, some big ones over in Europe and stuff that attract a bit of prize money and stuff like that. More so in the trail running these days. Um, but for your track races, boring spectator sport, to be honest with you. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're not going to televise it or. Yeah, look, yeah. I love watching a marathon. I'd, I'd be interested to see how long I'd last to watch an ultra on a track. Yeah, um, I'm sure I'd find like. some enjoyment in it. Uh, the last one half, half an hour to an hour is always exciting. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, yeah, either you're, either you're bonking out or you're, you're picking it up or you're just yeah. holding, holding your own to the end. Yeah. Hey, well, mate, what I'm, about, um, you go, sorry. Oh, yeah, you'll see a few people like doing a death march sort of thing. Like, you know, people have just pushed themselves to the limit. You know, some people will be hallucinating. Other people be like leaning sideways and they don't even realize it. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. I can imagine. And just tell us, so the 24 hour and 48 hour events, are they are they on a tracks? Is that the normal? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. 90% of them always on a track. World champs is generally around like a 1500 meter track or a mile long loop, but it normally loops around on a, onto a track and then like around a stadium and then back oh, in okay. on the yeah. track. Yeah, just so because it's rarely just 400 meter loop. Most of the time it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they change it around every four hours, change direction. Um, the world champs, because there's so many runners, they can't fit you on the track. So they may need to make the track a bit, a bit longer. Um, and you don't turn around at a world champ, you go in the same direction the whole time. Yeah, right. Is it turning purely for mental purposes or is there something physical when going in a different direction, you know, anti-clockwise or clockwise? Both. Um, not so for mental, it's more the body. You start to lean. Yeah. So if you're, actually, if you're on a 400-metre track, there's more than 200 metres of actually curvature on, the, on a 400-metre yeah. track. Um, so when you think you're... You actually kind of lean in when you're turning. All of a sudden, you got this bit of a lean on. You start doing that for hours and hours, and then you've got one leg swinging out further. It, um, it, yeah, it can mess the body up. Yeah, if they didn't turn you around and go back the other way for a while. Yeah, it's so interesting. I didn't know that, and it makes it makes absolute sense now. I was thinking of like running along the beach. You may have heard because of an angle on the beach for example like an like if you go out and back you may get you know it sort of balances out because you'll get both sides that are one like yeah with the other. The and stuff like that yeah, yeah yeah i've heard of injuries with people running on the beach a lot but um what about if we got to like your your five ten half marathon pbs would you know those on top of your head and, and where and when they may have been uh 5k if i can take a park run as a yeah yeah as sure. a time i think it was uh 15 it was 15 27 or 15 28 is the pb at the uh let me guess the um sandgate bird champs no this was at no. uh, north lakes north lakes right north lakes um any special occasion oh. on that one like did, did, no. you, did you plan the pb like was it a, a time trial attempt with anyone pacing you or was it just a matter of fact that you got a pb well there's a number of us like a bit with the bert squad yeah. or whatever we, we'd plan to go out to uh to north lakes and have a good hit out um yeah. and i remember it was, i was running with um adam fogg and pete oh, bracken yeah. and um I actually ended up beating both of them. And that was the last time I raced Adam Fogg. 
and I beat him in a 5K. And wow. I never want to race him again because... He'd be close to 14 Harry. minutes now, wouldn't he? Oh, I think he's cracked 13 or he'd be close. He'd be in the 13s, if not faster. Yeah, it wouldn't be below 13, but maybe you're right. Yeah, because he's he definitely developed on his 1,500 and 3K. Yeah, yeah, he must he must be yeah under fourteen. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool feat to say that you beat Adam Fogg. But this was um <laughs> this was years ago. I think yeah. this one might have been two thousand seventeen. Yeah, probably so. Probably five years ago now. Yeah. Um, these days the PB is probably sitting around ah uh, Um. If I have a good hit out of park run these days, but yeah, okay, I just, I just don't work on the speed that much anymore. No, that's right. You can't get the best of no. both worlds, can you? And what about ten half marathon? Uh the ten. I think it's a 30, 3115? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Can't off the top of my head. Um. Yeah, Gold, got Gold Coast or something or time trial? No, that was... Was it one of the Brizzy 10K races? Oh, Brizzy Marathon or something different? Um, something, Tw- twilight? Yeah, it, yeah, it was either a Twilight or Brisbane Mara. Not many others. British to Brisbane, but that's always hilly. I think the Bristol Brizzy might have been a bit quicker, but it's always a bit short. Yeah. <laughs> I know I have run yeah, faster, is. but it was a short course, so I can't. I don't think I could claim that one. Yeah, no, I've got my two PV, the two very similar times. My PVs there, I, I don't tend to claim them. Yeah, it's a real if, shame. If, if, yeah, if you're claiming Bristol Brisbane, because I think it was about 400 meters short, even though it was hilly. Yes. Yep. 400 meters, an extra, you know, could be a minute quicker. Minute 30, minute, minute 30. What depends on your pace, um, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but I think in a half marathon, I think it's only, but it's 115, 115, 15. And that yeah, was just so that's around. about, that's about 330 pace, isn't it? Yeah. Around that? Yeah. Yeah. And then that was just around New Farm Park as a time trial with Bert. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Was there, was there guys doing marathons that morning? Yeah. No, I think we we're just going out for the half yeah. that day, but yeah, yeah, there was a number of us going out there and doing it. So yeah, um, and then the full, full two fifty, two fifty, yeah, yeah, okay. So, and I've run two fifty three times, and I haven't been able to crack it. So yeah, right. I find that interesting. That I would say that's probably the weaker one out of all those runs, even though, even though. You're now doing the ultra stuff. Have you trained? Yeah. Have you had training blocks specifically for the marathon though? No. No, yeah. So, yeah. And that's probably why on yeah. paper, yeah, you, you look at the 10 and 5K times and then you go and look at like the marathon. It just doesn't work out. Um, it's Yeah, it's just funny, but I don't train that speed endurance. Um, it, like with the ultra training and stuff, you you build a level of fitness and strength in the legs, which mm. will give you strength over the the five and ten k distance sort of thing. And I I found like a lot of people said, "Oh, you'll lose your speed once you start training for the ultras." And I was actually to start off with it was the opposite. I actually was still getting quicker over the five and ten k, even though 
I was training for at the time like a 12 hour race. Um, because I think I was just getting, I was just getting stronger. Yes, um, it's interesting, isn't it? I've noticed a few runners like that. Do you have you have you had much to do with um Jake Townsend? Oh, I know, I know him. Yeah, yeah he seems to yeah. rock up the park runs when in, in his training blocks for for all his long stuff and just smashes five k's out. But well, there must be not. the speed endurance, like you said, like the marathon. We often forget, especially those who don't run, how fast it still is across a half and a marathon. Yeah. Especially compared to what you're doing, you know, six minute Ks in an ultra or even the long trail runs. Yeah, like my pace would be for an ultra, I'd be doing a marathon in about, you know, 350s. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got to try and hold it for seven and a half marathons. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, so I, I found like, yeah, your five and 10K do get quicker. Because um, I think I just had the strength there with the amount of Ks I, that I do do and, and running, even though most of the running is at a, a slower pace. Um, but then when you're trying to deal with that lactic acid and running four minute pace or sub four minute K pace over that 30Ks, yeah, I normally yeah. talk about that 32K mark and hit the wall essentially the legs just get super heavy and feel sick in the guts and stuff so the body's just not used to the lactic it doesn't make that sort of lactic running at five minute k pace to six minute k pace oh yeah and it must it must feel super short and like kind of easy when you're especially if you're rolling over hills in in very long training runs to go on then to a 5k you know it's over in 15 16 minutes for you it must just feel so short it does not while you're running it. I don't, <laughs> if I'm pushing myself, it doesn't matter how. If I'm pushing, I'm pushing. It doesn't matter yeah. how short the yeah. race is. It, it, it's still tough. But I do find, you know, after the 5K, very shortly after, minutes after, I go, oh, well, I feel great again. Like I could do it again. Like I find yeah. the body just bounces back super quick. It goes, oh, is that all you're pushing it for? Like sort of thing. Um, yeah, you feel ready to go shortly after. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And particularly, yeah, with, with the way that you've built up your, your running strength, that must be the case as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess that, that kind of defines all the running times and achievements in both the ultra stuff and the road. So if we, if we go back to the start then, what did, what did your childhood look like an upbringing in terms of just generally um, within the household, um, how you sort of brought up all that kind of stuff, and then where running started for you, if it if it did back then. Yeah, um, probably kind of kicked off kind of later in high school. The running. Yeah. Um, I was living out uh, in Warwick, going to school or well, out Warwick Way. Went to school in Warwick. Um, probably before this time, I was probably a little bit overweight kid. Never good at running, never good at sport. You know, you played a bit of footy and stuff like that, but I wasn't the most athletic kid. Um, and then, yeah, moved out to the property at Warwick, um, working on the farm and stuff, going to school. And then I remember one day I had the um, school sports carnival coming up and I had a joke with the mates that I was going to do the 3,000 metre 
and I'll, um, there was another guy, Chris, who we knew went to nationals all the time for cross country and track and field and stuff like that. And I said, oh, I'll put the wind up him. I'll get him scared or whatever, just as a joke. And I went out there and I ended up coming second behind him. And I go on, oh, what, you know, what happens if I actually trained and started running? What could I do? And so I had my a 6K or 3K out and back road that I used to run every afternoon. Knew nothing about training, nothing about nutrition. And every afternoon I'd get home and I'd just try and run this 6K as fast as I could every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the cross country come around and I was putting the wind up him at the cross country. He still beat me, but, you know, from where I was a couple of years before that, I didn't think I'd ever run more than 100 metres. Yeah, right. What, and what age was this in? Was this early high school or later this high school? This would have been probably year 10. Year 10. Yeah, okay. And um, yeah. were you were you born in Brizzy or over in Warwick? And was that where you kind of were brought up from a very young very young age as well? Oh, in Ipswich. Ipswich, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Brought up in Ipswich and that. Um, the old man ended up going over to America. Um, he moved over there for about eight years. And then um, me and like me, and my sister and mum and that, we moved out to Warwick. Um, I think he... I was in year nine, started year nine when we moved out there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I do remember year eight. I think I I pulled out of a 1500 meter race um, because I couldn't finish it. Like I was too, too embarrassed. I was getting lapped in a 1500 meters and <laughs> I was gassed and stuff. And I don't know. I don't know if I faked a hammy or did something, but I know I didn't finish it. So that's how well I could run back in year eight. Um, and then yeah, so moved out there year nine, changed schools for year ten, and um, yeah, I think it was just working on the farm, you know, um, a bit of a growth spurt and stuff like that, and um, yeah, got a bit healthier, a bit fitter and stuff, and yeah, surprised myself with a run one day, and thought, you know, what could I do if I actually trained a bit um and yeah so i did knew nothing about training or what to do but um yeah and um what so what school was it that you attended warwick state high warwick state high yeah so by year 12 obviously the uh amount of numbers of children out there would be lower than brisbane schools but were you kind of the, the, the better runner in the grade then by end of the school Year 12, I was. So there was me and this other fellow. He was, he was the same age as me, but he was, always, he was a year above. Um, so I think year 11, year, might have been 10, 11 and 12. It was me and him and then another um, girl I went to school with. Us three all made it to, you know, states and nationals for running, the cross country and that. Um, and making the thing coming all from one school, especially a rural, rural type school was a big, big deal at the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, so once you finished school, did you move out of home and then what did running look like? What sort of journey did you take with running post high school then? So straight out of high school, just 
took a year, worked on the farm. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of, used to do a lot of rodeoing back then. Um, so I used to travel around, do the rodeo every weekend. Uh, still did a bit of running, but nothing real competitive or anything. Um, then ended up um, going over to Canada for, well, essentially I was meant to go for three months holiday. And then when I was over there, I decided to, to stay and um, travel a bit. So I ended up staying for five years, um, snowboarding, traveling, went through the States and did a heap of things in the States and that. Um, and then after that, we, um, or towards the end of that, I started getting into the strength and conditioning, getting into the gym, doing the obstacle races, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I ride at a few of those in the States and in Canada. And who got you into that stuff? Was there someone in particular that no, kind of, you followed into that or was it just something that popped up and you thought, oh, cool, I'll try that? Yeah, it was something I've kind of seen and gone, hey, let's give it a, a go. And like mate and coach or whatever at the gym, he was like, I'm going to do this, the Tough Mudder or whatever. And Whistler, I think, was the first one I did. He goes, why don't you come along and we'll do it and loved it and did real well and then do a couple of the Spartan races and seemed to surprise myself in them. And um, then I ended up doing a uh, 50K trail run in Canada while I was over there. Oh, that would have been awesome. That was awesome. That was, uh, I think I went through every emotion possible during that run. <laughs> I mean, at one stage I thought I was going to get eaten by a bear or a cougar or something. Like I was, you know, I thought it was over. Like I was that I hit the wall, something chronic. And I'm on this mountain by myself. Didn't know where anyone was, just trees and stuff around me. I'm thinking if a bear pops out here or a cougar, I said, I don't even have the energy to fight this thing off or run away. Wow. So I thought I was, but it was funny. I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to walk to the next aid station and pull out and go home. Sort of think the tail between my legs. And it was like just around the corner before the aid station, I got a second wind and started running again and just blew past the aid station. It was like, no, I'm going to finish this. And yeah, ended up finishing and yeah, it was, and that's kind of was like, and I really loved that and wanted to go back and give it another crack. Um, but I ended up, we ended up coming home before, before I did it again. Um, but in the meantime, I did the 24 hour world's toughest mutter race over in New Jersey. Um, that was an eye opener that really flogged me. <laughs> <laughs> that was something something different um but yeah then when i come home i knew i had to work on the running and then really got into my 10ks yeah right. really want to focus on the 10k event so i did a lot of 10ks 5ks and stuff like that training and was this kind of your um, mid-20s are we up to that kind of point now early yeah 20s? this is mid-20s yeah yeah, yeah. And where'd you move back to did you share house or you had had i moved in there at my time? sister yeah. And we, so my wife now, so we moved back from Canada together. And then we moved in with my sister because she was in Brizzy and it was just somewhere we could use as a base really um, and find jobs and stuff to get back on our feet. 
Um, so we've stayed with her for a while before we found our own place in Brizzy and both had jobs where I was working it in training. Um, and then, yeah, especially working it in training and running and stuff like that, it was very helpful. And the knowledge from running, you know, working at a place like that was fantastic. Working with physios, podiatrists, massage therapists, um, you know, shoe designers and different shoe companies and everything like that. Like, you know, I talked and worked running yeah. every day sort of thing. <laughs> it was, you know, it was good. And how do you get in there? Was it like, did you just sell your sort of background of these ultras and tough mutters and that kind of thing? What experience did you have at the time to kind of say, hey, I'm, I'm uh, you know, ready to go and I've got this background in, in running? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I just dropped my resume off at the right yeah. time. I think it was coming up. It was right before Christmas time. Um, it was like the start of December or something like that. And they weren't advertising or anything. And I just kind of said, hey, I'm a bit of a runner. You know what I mean? I want to focus, you know, focus on my running sort of thing and what a better place to do that than the work in here. And I had a little bit of a retail background anyway. Um, so, yeah, they're like, well, give you a go and kind of went from there. Oh, it's great. And um, so it was a 10K. So you kind of gone back from experiencing longer stuff and more of a tough mutter um, sort of events. Uh, did you have to change things with diet or training then? And it was like your weight, we sort of a stronger build at all in that other Yeah, stuff? when I come back from Canada, I was a lot stronger. Yeah. Uh, probably a, a, at the moment, I would have been probably at least probably seven kilos heavier. Um, what do you weigh now? Just, oh, I sit around the 66. Yep. You know, it's give or take. It fluctuates quite a yep. bit if I'm on heavy load or... Yeah. Um, anything like that um, but yeah I think I was sitting around 74 when I was come back because I, yeah, wow. I was doing very little running and a lot of strength and conditioning in the gym so a lot of body weight stuff so I was very strong but um, just didn't have the endurance that I probably could have had and so then yeah come back to Australia I focused more on my running and kind of forgot about the gym altogether um, and the running was doing so well, like I was enjoying it and seeing results. So I just kept at it. Um, and yeah, kind of, but doing the 10 Ks, I loved them and I was getting my times down, but yeah, I had this little, you know, bird on my shoulders, just saying, maybe you want to give the, this ultra thing another kind of, shot see what it's like so i um decided to do a 12 uh, 12 hour with a mate um at kabulcha oh right so only training for 10ks or whatever and i'm going now i'm going to do a 12 hour race and see how far i can run in 12 hours just yeah right well what year would had this been about 2015 or earlier than that 2015 or 2016 yeah um this would have been so yeah and it was kind of my it was going to be my decider whether i stick with the shorter stuff 
or I'm going to go see what I can do in the ultras. And um, yeah, I think I did 107 Ks for the first 12 hour, which was, yeah, right. you know, I wasn't too shabby for the first one. <laughs> um, anything over 100 was, was considered pretty good. Um, and from there, it was kind of like, yeah, this is what I want to, this is what I want to do. And got a coach more specific for ultra running. And yeah, from there, it's just been nonstop. What year was that you returned back? End of 2013. Yeah. And then were you training with anyone at that point in time or was it kind of solo stuff? Yeah, just solo stuff um, until I started with in training and then did like, yeah, all my run and most of my running with, with them guys. Yeah, so yeah, you were talking about, for those who don't know, the in-training shop you worked at, but then um, also the in-training group. Was there a particular yeah. group or like, they've got heaps of squads and stuff. Was there a particular group of people you're running with? Like, I do know the likes of, um, you know, Liam Woolett, you maybe worked with back then and Amy Yeah, Ring, I worked with him Emily quite Donker. a bit. Yeah, Emily, Liam, uh, Hamish. Yep. Um, there's an Eamon. Yeah, there was, uh, Matt was there as well. So Stewie, um, Stu, and all that like that. And so yeah, there was a number of us that that were all working there at the same time. Yeah, um, okay. And and, and you were running there. with those guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a lot of the similar sessions and stuff together in long runs. Yeah, okay. And what was your training like at that point in time? Uh, you know, how, how long were your long runs and were you doing a kind of a session each week with those guys? You're be doing quite a few sessions yeah. with them a week, really. Um, I ended up coaching for them as well. So um, I was doing, yeah, mostly like Sunday long runs with them, Tuesdays speed sessions. Um, Thursdays were normally some sort of tempo or progressive run. Yeah. And then uh, park run Saturday. Yeah, okay. Yeah, pretty generic um, pretty training generic, regime. Yeah. In, in, um, tends to be the typical Brisbane training regime, the session tempo and then a, yeah, another session Saturday or a park run. Um, yeah. And then then when was your first marathon? What, what year was that? And did that, like, did getting back into the marathon influence you at all to go back to the ultras? Or was it purely the fact wow. that you'd done some longer stuff back uh, over in Canada, wasn't it? My first marathon was before I went to Canada. Oh, okay. It would be 2008. I think it was a year out of high school. Oh, right. Uh, Goldie Mara. Oh, okay. Um, I'd done one other half before then in the Warwick Pentathlon and ran about a 2.30, sorry, one one thirty-two for that half marathon during while I was at school. Um, and that was earlier in the year. So that was probably May. And then later that year, I did um, the Gold Coast Marathon. Went through halfway at 1.36 and finished in 4.36. <laughs> right. Um, so at what point did it start going downhill? Oh, around that 30K, yeah, 30, yeah. 32K yeah. mark. Just blew up. Were you just way too ambitious with your with your pacing at that young oh, age? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing back then. 
What'd you start oh, at? What pace? What pace? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was probably sub six minute case, 530s or something. Yep. Like back then, I didn't have a watch, um, GPS watch or anything. I just, I just ran to feel and just ran. Yeah, well, there wasn't um, many of them. And, you know, the excitement yeah. of Goldie Marathon at the start and first marathon and going, hey, I can run this said pace or however I felt comfortable for half marathon. Surely I can do it for a full. And, yeah, obviously, obviously not. Um, hit the wall something shocking just after 30Ks and walked probably most of the way until till about 5Ks to go and or even probably maybe 2Ks to go and kind of jogged it in for the last couple. But it was a big, big shocker. Um, turned around and pretty much did the same thing the following year. Um, went our way too hard, blew up, ended up walking um, and not doing much better the, the, the following year. So, but I, I didn't have a coach. I didn't know a lot about running. I just enjoyed it yeah. um, and just ran sort of. Was thing. that Gold no Coast again too? Training. Sorry, it was Gold Coast again the following year. Yeah, yeah right. And I, I, I just didn't make that connection with the Warwick Pentathlon as well. The fact that you were living there for a period of time and, how convenient to have that whole event there. Did you do did, did you do it just the once in year twelve? No, so I started year ten. Yeah. And I, so I did it. I was in year year ten, year eleven, year twelve, and then I know I did it the following year out of high school. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think I was in. I went to over to Canada. Um, so I missed a, missed a couple of years there. Um, and then since I've been back, I think I've only missed, I think I've only missed one. I know one year it kind of got cancelled and I just did a virtual one. Um, and I think I've missed one, maybe two since then. Yeah, the last two years they've cancelled Gold Coast uh, Marathon Festival. I've been that boat myself, training for both of those and did it virtually, yeah. time trial, which aren't unenjoyable. So it seems like it's a real culmination of factors that have led to you running ultras. The fact, the fact that you've done that pentathlon at a young age, the, the two marathons out of school, then the longer stuff overseas, coming back then here and doing a bit more of it. So can you pinpoint one thing, do you think, that's led you to it? Or do you think it's really a combination of all those things? Um, I think for me, it's wanting to push myself, see how far I can go, you know? Yeah. yeah. See, see where the limit is. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't think I can pin one, one moment or something like that that's gone, yeah, right, this is what I'm going to do. But yeah, a combination of little things that have led to led to it yeah it's a different thing to to push yourself in terms of distance isn't it that when for a lot of road runners it's time and obviously very hard for that that period of time they're running the race at but it's ultra running seems it's just this this uh desire to see how far you can go and what the body can take yeah so is the 48 hour is that the longest 
time you've been running for, or is there a longer yeah, event? That's you've the longest event I've done. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's insane. Does that involve sleep? Um, I did have a rest for an hour. I wouldn't call it sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did sit back and and get some food in, um, for about an hour during that time. Um, which I I think I needed. The eyes were pretty sucked back into the head, and I was I was pretty lethargic, and yeah, it was pretty running myself into the ground and so I decided to, to just step off the track for an hour or so and you know get some real food in get some solid food and rather than trying to eat while you're running and stuff like that um get it in get warm because down in Canberra it was a bit cold I remember being rugged up a bit through through the nights and yeah but I, I think it did wonders because once I hopped back onto the track, you know, I walked a lap and then was straight back running again and the big smile on my face. So, um, yeah, I lost, a, I would have lost kilometres um, taking that time off the track, but also I don't think I would have run nearly as quick as I would uh, afterwards if I didn't stop and get that nutrition in and just, you know, take that time to lower the heart rate a bit. Oh, yeah. 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 So let's talk about nutrition. With that particular race for 48 hours, what does it look like before the race and, and then during? You must consume a, a massive amount of calories and food across that time. And roadrunners truly don't understand these things unless they, they do a bit of research or talk to runners doing ultras because, you know, we'll take a few gels in a, in a half marathon or a marathon as far as I understand, it needs to be almost proper food in what you're doing. So what, what, does, what did that look like that, that day for that 48-hour event in terms of nutrition? So I, um, I'll eat or take in nutrition every 20 minutes. Um, and it's pretty much for the, 20, for the 48, it's the same as the 24, just longer. Um, so every 20 minutes I'll have some, I normally go off a custom blend um, that I, and I use Infinite. Um, they do up a, a mix for me um, with the amount of carbohydrates and stuff that I want and electrolytes that I want per, per serve or per hour. Um, and I mix that up. So I'll mix it up for every hour and split it into three. Um, and so I'll use that for about four hours. Yeah. Um, going on and I give or take depending on the race and what time of the year in that I'll be running. Um, we'll determine on how many, how many, sorry, how many grams of like carbohydrates I'll be putting in that mix. But it, it fluctuates between 60 and 90 grams per, per hour. Per hour, yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, my understanding is those carbohydrates basically is referring to sugars. Yeah. And a teaspoon of sugar is four grams. So you're dividing your 60 by four. You're looking pretty close to 15 grams of sugar. Yeah. So, and, and it's, I think we use a mix of like fructose and melodectrone. Um, and then some sodium as well, I assume. 
Yeah, there's a bit around. of sodium, magnesium and stuff in there as well. Um, I'm not a massive sweater. I don't seem to lose, so I don't need to dial up the sodium too much. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm, you know, I've played around with the mix quite a bit. I've pretty much got a, a nice mix going now. Um, and in saying that, like, I've, I've done a number of very, very good races on the stuff and um, don't have to worry about the gut upsets and stuff like that. Oh, it's is, fantastic, yeah. Which um, is the worst killer for um, for an ultra race, you know. You get gut issues, is, can can break your race. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's a lot of sugar to intake, but obviously you, ne- you need that for the energy stores. But like we're you, talking you a, a can of Coke's 30-something grams, I think 36 grams of sugar, which is yeah. about nine teaspoons of sugar. And you've almost tripled that in an hour, you were saying. So you're looking at 25 to 30 teaspoons of sugar if the carbohydrates um, are represented predominantly by sugar, which I think they are. Um, so it is a lot, but it shows how much you need. And is, is this like a sponsor? Like, do they, do you get this through them uh, for free? How does that work with them? And how, how have you found the combinations to work for you in terms of the sodium and carbs and sugar and stuff? Yeah, so I started off, Use put on onto Infinite through a mate of mine who was using the product at the time. Uh, he knew I was having a lot of gut issues and um, and I was trying a lot of different stuff. He goes, here, try this, see how you go with it. Um, and it, even his mix worked well for me. Um, so I gave him a go. So I was using them for about a year or so. And, um, and then they come out looking for some athletes and stuff. So I put my hand up and as a bit of an ambassador. So, um, and I haven't looked back using their, using their products and stuff. So yeah, it's, um, they've been great. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's definitely a handy thing to have and, and to have, uh, such a like positive relationship and trusting relationship with someone who you can communicate very clearly with what you want. Um, so on top of the gels though, is there any other food you're in taking? Yeah. So I'll take, um, bananas, um, yeah. and like some biscuits and stuff like that. So generally four hour block of infinite, and then I'll have an hour where I'll stop the infinite and just go on to water and solids for an hour and then go back four hours onto the infinite. Oh, so right. Okay. Essentially that, that block is just for a um you know like a flavor fatigue sort of thing um i dial the flavor back in all my infinite right right back down so to taste it now it's very bland but once you're you know hours into a run anything sweet you'd probably know just it can be Mm. overwhelming get too sweet so um I quite, I quite like it. Um, and then, yeah, four hours, then I'll have like, you know, a banana or a biscuit or something like that to just change it up. Solids in the gut rather than taking in so much fluid. Yeah. Um, sometimes the biscuits, I'll put a bit of like um, butter on them for a bit of fats and stuff. Um, True, yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the race, I might throw in a chocolate bar or something. 
instead, just for a bit of a, a reward, right? You've made it to 12 hours or, or 18 hour mark. Here's a reward and here's yeah. a, here's a chocolate or something like that. So it, it must, must taste pretty damn good at that point in time to have a chocolate bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. And how many bananas would you have then on top of the gels in like that 40 hour, 48 hour race? How many bananas do you think you had? That race I used a lot. Like 10? Yeah, 10 to a dozen. Yeah. Maybe yeah. more. I remember afterwards I couldn't look at a banana for a couple of months. <laughs> like, oh, that's bananas. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, get them away. Like, I couldn't look at them. But I ended up going off script with the diet in that 48 when I sat down. Um, I remember someone brought me a, because I remember it was cold. When I sat down, someone put some toast with Nutella on it and like two minute, two big bowls of like two minute noodles. And it was just like heaven, you know, just sitting there having a hot. Because you run it like it's in Canberra, it was quite cool. Um, like we might have even been getting close to single digits. And you're running around, you got everyone sitting on the side of the track in sleeping bags and with their hot cup of teas and and takeaway food and all that, and we're cooking a barbecue in the corner of the track. And you go, you know, smelling the caramelized onions every lap. It um, gets pretty taunting. <laughs> At times you run around, they're like, oh, they look so comfortable, or someone's sleeping <laughs> on the side of the track, and you're like, what I would do just to curl up in a ball right now. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and is it just like a, a, like a, everyone's got a pile of food on the, on the side of the track on a table? How does that work? Yeah, with so with the ultra races generally like around the track, you've got a, a tent set up or an aid station set up on the side of the track. So uh, you have a bit of a marquee generally and a, and a table there where you lay out all your nutrition and have an esky there and, you know, change of clothes if you need it, a couple of pairs of shoes and just things you may need for the race, really. Um, and can that be anyone, like family or friends, there yeah, supporting you with that stuff? Can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want someone that kind of knows you, um, helps. Um, I know my wife used to crew for me quite a bit and she crewed for me for the 48 hour and that as well. And you come around the track and she can read your body language a bit better. Mm, true. And she goes, right, you need this. And you're like, oh, do I? And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, they, they just, they know you a bit better. But, you know, I've, I've had mates that have had crew that have had no experience and they've been quite good as well. So, yeah, okay. you, have a, you have a spreadsheet split out, um, set out and you've got, what you want at this time. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So forth. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of mixing drinks and, you know, keeping an eye on the time and ending them out. It's more when the race is going bad. It's when the crew really, you know, that's when they, they earn their keep sort of thing. They, uh, you know, know what to do if you're getting blisters or you're having the gut upsets or you need to change the plan altogether and throw it out the window and think on the spot because you think every 20 minutes is it's pretty far between like it's pretty cruisy but the crew work hard like 
they're, they're awake the whole time. They they get no time to to sit back and lay down, sort of thing. They're they're always mixing a drink or getting food or you know getting clothing or working out times and yeah, a massive job. I haven't it, thought of those that demand um, so closely cool. either. It'd almost yeah. be like, you know, when you obviously run, you build that adrenaline and, and it can help you to get through whatever you're getting through. But to be so almost stationary or sedentary, just supporting on the sideline must be difficult. You, you'd have to, you're not sleeping for 48 hours, basically, unless there's shifts and, and people are swapping. So I'm sure coffee and energy drinks and all that stuff. Well, that's the, yeah, well, my wife said like the only exciting part is the uh, the last hour of the race. <laughs> so it's kind of anticlimactic until that point um, for the for the crew anyway. Oh yeah, um, but they yeah they it's um it's something that's pretty crucial if you want to generally you know run big totals and stuff like that. You can crew yourself, um, but it does make it a lot more difficult. You never get the result, the top results if you're doing it by yourself. It just doesn't happen, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and the mental, just the mental effect of having people there, I assume, would be massive. Well, that's it. And then having the encouragement, and, you know, and, and having the right crew also helps too because they know when to kick your butt or they know when to go, okay, something's up. And there's been a few times where, you know, my crew's gone, you know, you're not here to get out there, you know, and pull your finger out and, you know, you're here to do a job and let's do it. And other times it's like, right, yeah, something's going on. We need to address this now and get on top of it before it gets worse. So. Yeah, I, it must be must be hard to keep motivated individually. And we'll get to the mental side very shortly i'll just i'll just start to think about you know running these things on a track or pretty much around a track versus like out in the bush and on trails where for most people that would be a whole lot more enjoyable like do you find at all it enjoyable on these tracks and, and that kind of context or is it is it like the, is it a purpose and enjoyment purely by obviously finishing it and and achieving goal times that makes sense yeah it's a lot more stimulating running out on a trail or or doing a point-to-point -point run yeah um point-to-point -point ultra is a lot more you know you're going somewhere yeah yeah you're, it's a journey you're yeah, yeah. different things where yeah running around a track's very tedious you kind of just got to block it out um but the sole purposes on the track is it's controllable yeah yeah and measurable and everything mm. like that so generally point-to-point -point races um and trails and that you can't not many records on there. Like you can have a record for that track, but it's not like a, a world record, an age group record because each track's different. And, yeah, you know, yeah. where on a running track, it's controllable. Everyone's on the same playing field. So whether you run a track here or New Zealand or whatever, the record stand and can be recorded because, um, you know, everyone's running on the same, you know, same surface, same distance, same elevation sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Is, is climate and track traffic really so? Yeah, um, I totally Because get every it. lap, 
every lap you get your split recorded. Yeah. If not twice in a lap, some sometimes I'll record you the 200 meter mark as well. So <laughs> you're getting a split every 400 meters, um, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. Um, yeah, but it's not too yeah. it's not too distant from a road race where, like, you don't you don't care where you're running to run a 10k PB. You care that it's like a fast track and it's flat. It doesn't matter if it's boring. <laughs> well, that's it. You get that's you get it. the motivation out of the fact that run. it is like that, so you can run the times that you set out to set. And that's it. Yeah, you can on the track. It's it's flat. Chaz, it's you know, you can run a bit quicker sometimes on trail like say over a hundred miles or so um, then on the track, but it's um, yeah, that's why you're on the track. You're going for those records. You're going for those big totals. Oh yeah. And so so does the enjoyment differ, but like, do you, would you prefer to be running out like the races out on the trails or is it just too hard to compare because they're, they are obviously offer different things to you as an athlete? Yeah. Yeah. They, they offer different things. Like for me, I want to, I want to see how far I can run, how many Ks I can clock up in that yeah, thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I, I like chasing down a few of these age group records and, and you know, making the Australian team and stuff like that for the, for the 24 hours. So that's why I do the track races where I love doing the trail running um, and the trail races and that, but you just don't have the same sort of you know, you 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 race the trial races to run the to race the race, and not try and qualify for yeah. a team or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I've definitely I've got something similar going on with the like, I've always run for times, and that to get a fast time you need to be running on a road that's flat. But I definitely do enjoy training out on the trails, getting on the gravel, and get just escaping everything around the city and stuff. I haven't done many of the ultra. Uh, sorry, the trail races, but um, yeah, there's something about it, isn't it? When you get out there and escape the the monotonous and boring old roads around the sub suburban well, area. And, then, and I do do, um, when I can, like training, yeah, get out onto the trails and, and change it up, especially in like the off season or, or getting back into some big blocks of actually going out on the trail. I think it's very beneficial you're using a lot more muscle groups yeah. and stuff like that on the trail. Your little stabilizing muscles, getting a workout and stuff like that. So I think that does benefit, even if you are a road runner. Yeah, yeah ab absolutely. Yeah, yeah totally. More agree. Stimulating and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, so what about um, mentally, in terms of? these races that are hours and hours and hours how how do you get them through them individually i know obviously you spoke about having people there and family to support you but is there any particular things you do out there like any mantras that you repeat in your head or do you is it a matter of looking forward to the finish and celebrating do you do you think like pretty deep about your goals or things that are meaningful to you in, in your life outside of running what things come up for you mentally to help you get through it? Yeah, during, well, during training, I think about everything and anything. <laughs> you know, you've named it, I've thought about it on a long run. Um, 
and even in the long runs, you can go have some pretty low spots yeah, um, yeah. where you doubt yourself. You know what I mean? It's why am I doing this? You know, this is you're just killing yourself for for what and and this and that. And then you got the upside. You you know, you go through these waves of emotion um, in the in in training as well. But then yeah, come race day, you can you know they're no different sometimes they can be a lot more a lot more lowers because you you are pushing yourself to the absolute limit really um and you you know all you got to do is stop to, to stop the suffering really <laughs> yeah. um like that's all you got to do is just stop and that's all you get this little voice in your head just going just stop all right that's all you got to do you can just be all over now and then you got this other little birdie in your ear going, you know, you're not a quitter, you know, let's, let's do this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I try and focus on the finish. Um, and why I'm doing it. Like, why, why did I start this in the first place? And, and where I've kind of started from, you know, and the training and the hours that I've put in. Um, and, yeah, I, I do break it down in chunks, going, right, I, let's get to this to this point of the race. And once I'm there, I'm like, yeah. right, tip here. Now let's – next little chunk. And, 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 and you break it down. And some days you, you break it down by hours and, you know, I just got to get the next six hours done or whatever and – some bad times, you know, I'm just going, let's just get three more laps done, you know, and, and breaking it down as small as that because it's pretty rough going through a rough, rough patch. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, focus on the finishing and, and, and the feeling that you get once you finish. Um, yeah. And then when you're close to the finish, you know what it's like when you see the when the finish line's in sight. You know you're going to finish. You know, especially then you're within shot with a PB or something like that. It really gives you another, you know, rush of adrenaline, and you know you're able to to find something a little deeper and and, and go for it. Oh yeah, and does the, does the mind wonder? like it does on a training run. Like I know when I'm out on a long run, I can think about work or stresses in my life and, and definitely think about negative things. And for me, I remind myself, I think of two things. I'm like, mate, either think positively or like try and take in your surroundings, but get like, stop thinking about all these things in your life. Does that happen in long races or is the, is it like a running a five or 10 K? Like when I run a five or 10 K, I'm not thinking about work. I'm just thinking about, everything to do push, with pushing push. myself yeah 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 um i'm saying shorter races and stuff like that yeah it's just push 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 let's yeah. go um in the longer stuff i try and not to think about anything negative um if something kind of comes in I'll, I'll try and deflect and and think about nothing nothing too serious like you know you look up and you're like listen to the birds or just smiling or saying g'day to the other people on the track or something like that um where on a train and run i'll let 
any thought come in and, you know, stew about it and process it and think about how I'm going to save the world or something. I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, um, on the long, on the long training runs, yeah, I let my mind just go, go wild. But come race day, I try and yeah, really focus it on the race. Um, it's not push, push, push the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be in a shorter race. Oh, survival. It, comes, it is. It's like right. Let's be smart and strategic. And then when you're at that 18-hour mark, 20-hour mark, 22-hour mark, that's when you kind of go, now it's race time. Now's the time to – and up until then, it's stay in the race but run smartly, run to the conditions and your ability. And then at the end, you, you reassess of where you are and how you're doing, and that's when you put it, lay it all out and you – leave nothing behind yeah yeah it's obviously a long time to be out there and a lot of room to be thinking about a lot of things so yeah i'm sure i'm sure you're, you're constantly thinking about it and and trying to develop it like anything yeah, it but it's a, it's a time for me that i can't comprehend that you're out there and the the scope in which that like that amount of room to think about anything really is is always yeah, there there's a lot of time for a lot of things to go wrong <laughs> like it's and there's always something that goes wrong you're not going to come into a 24-hour race and expect it to go to plan and everything goes smoothly it just doesn't happen there's there's too many variables and too many and too long of a time um and it's it's really how you deal with those situations when they when they pop up um whether it be blisters um gut issues, um, weather conditions, yeah, you name it, it's something's going to pop up um, and it's just how you how you deal with the situation really and keeping a positive mind about it, Yeah, accepting that, right, this has gone wrong, this is what we need to do to fix it and move on. Yeah. Yeah, it must, it must be a massive sense of... Um relief and satisfaction after these long runs and events too and um even reminding yourself of like i know when i don't run i've I've been out injured the last 10 days and my whole life changes like i know mentally that running helps massively for it you know for work and and for family life and social life so surely surely it must play a part for you mentally to like knowing that by doing it it will actually help life outside of running as well oh yeah I, I i call it like my meditation really yeah like yeah. I, I go out and clear the head sort of thing um and uh yeah if you ask my <laughs> wife i'm not a you she's know if I'm there, up at home and i haven't run for a week you know she's she's kicking me out the door you know i get i get cagey um so, yeah, I, I do, like after a big race and that, I do take a bit of time off running. Um, but when I say that, it's like, you know, I'll do a little run here and there, but it's I'm not doing any real training for, you know, for up to eight weeks afterwards. Yeah, um, so let's, um, yeah. 
let's go to your training week down and how that works around the races because yeah, for someone like me who runs fives and tens mainly in some halves, you can you can get back into it the next week really to some degree after a half anyway, easy running. What what does the year like week to week through the year look like around events and then outside of it? How like how can you go for a for example, you did a 60k run, easy long run on Wednesday, gone. Yeah. How how does a like a session work around that if, if you do any or just easy jogs? Yeah, so it really depends on where we are in the year. Yeah. Um, and what races. So you really can't do more than two ultras a year, if not one. Um, and you know, it, depending on what time of the year they're on too. So I'll probably only get this one ultra in this year, um, which I was going to run run another 24 hour a month earlier. But now that I've made the made the team for India, I've changed it. So, um, you know, three months out, four months out, I'll start building up the Ks, putting in a lot more long runs. Um, and then every, you know, every fourth week is a recovery week where I'll drop the Ks down by, you know, almost half. I yeah, don't right. do... I don't do tremendous amount of Ks in a week. You know, the average, my average week would only be about 120. Um, and you look at the lot of 10K runners and stuff like that, they're doing, can be doing well over that every 50K week. 50K plus, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so is that because you've got one big run usually, like one big long run, and then you've got to just jog the rest of the week? Is that why? Yeah, why? Well, yeah, because I... I put those 100Ks or 120Ks into, you know, five, maybe six runs. Um, I'll always have one day off a week, if not two. Not many weeks I'll run six days a week. Yeah. Um, so all those Ks are done. And I never double run day. All I right. only, only ever do a one run a day. You go out in the morning um, or others? 99% in the mornings. Yeah. Um, Depending on work, if you know, I, I do shift work. So if I'm coming off a night shift or something like that, I'll run in the afternoon. Or if you know something pops up and I can't run in the morning, um, but I'm much much more of a morning person. Run. Yeah, I've noticed when you're running at three in the morning, you've got to be a morning person. Yeah, that's that's mostly just to beat the heat, really. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you must have seen some amazing sunrises too along Harvey Bay and stuff. Oh yeah, it's beautiful on the um on the beach and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very pretty. Yeah, it's something about um, that. Hey, like actually being out there during the sunrise as opposed to just waking up and the sunrise is there when you experience that like darkness and then all of a sudden you get this amazing sunrise and it's you know into the day. Definitely. A good yeah, way I, to start I quite the day. like running in the night as well. Um, running in the dark and then it it just seems to break up the run you know if half your runs in the dark and then you watch the sun come up and you know you, you see some funny things at all hours of the morning depending if you know you're up here or down in brizzy yeah this same sort of thing you know you see see the group of people that have that come out or come out running at different times or walking their dogs or going for a walk or coming home from the bar or yeah there's been some yeah, you see some funny stuff. Yeah, so 
trying to yeah they they differ each each week throughout the year but yeah generally four three months before a big race they'll start to start to increase the, the miles um and how long I, do you get because i because I, I work shift work every week's different so i don't yeah. do the typical long run on a sunday sort of thing it it could be any day of the week um and a lot of my training is back-to-back -back long runs so running on tide, sore legs, getting used to getting used to the body being, you know, running while you're tired, running while you're sore from from a previous day long run. Um, and how long do they get considering um, you're running a couple hundred kilometers? Training runs would be like six hours. Yeah. Um, with a couple of, you know, in early on, put a couple of races in there. So I'll do a 12 hour race or a hundred K race just to kind of see where I'm at um, and use that as a, as a baseline for the next couple of months training and stuff like that. And a, you know, a bit of a confidence, confidence booster as well. Um, yeah. So normally do that three months out from a, if one lines up well. Um, and then, yeah, some weeks will get quite big, 150, 180 Ks. Um, but I won't. I don't stick at those Ks for for many weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it fluctuates I, a lot. I do give the um the body a bit of rest. Yeah. You know, like I'll smash out a big couple or a big week or a couple of big weeks, and then I'll have a nice easy week. Let the body kind of, you know, absorb all the training and and then then carry on. Yeah, and you're practicing nutrition in those longer runs. But let's say, what if you do like a 20 or 30K run? Do you actually need much in terms of energy no, levels and nutrition? Or no, not? I, you know, I, I could go out and run three hours and not be too worried about anything, having taken nutrition or, or water wow. or, um, you know, after two hours, you're a bit silly not trying to take any water. Um, it has happened before accidentally, um, but yeah, generally I'm not too worried about it. Anything under two hours or whatever, it's I don't normally take too much, or if anything, yeah. Um, pushing that three-hour mark, I'll definitely make sure I'm stopping for water or or even carrying maybe a gel or something. Yeah. Um, but anything longer than that, yeah, I'll, I'm generally training with nutrition and what I'd be using on race day and that as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Any training with anyone up there at Harvey Bay on these particularly long runs or through the week? Uh, or are you, is this all solo? All, all solo. You're the only mad guy up there running all this stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, they want to do it for this amount of hours. There's a few runners up here and that, and no one that's going to come out for five, yeah. six hours. Have you, have you sort of run past particular shops or people that like you've got to know some in some strange way and stuff? The yeah, there's past. a few few regulars that you'll see out walking at the same time every morning yeah. and stuff like that. So Do can they know of, how far you've actually gone when you see them? No, or some of the times you get a look like, you know, they might, you know, there's a lot of cafes and stuff and caravan parks along the Esplanade here. So you'll see them in the early mornings and then you kind of see them four hours later and they kind of see you and then they'll like look at their watch and they'll look back up at you again and you're like, you're like you still like, didn't I see you like four hours ago? Like, uh, have you stopped and had a break or? Yeah. 
it, it kind of, you know, it's a bit funny. I kind of enjoy it. It's kind of like, you know, yes, I am that that crazy dude that's still out here, still in laps of the Esplanade. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty nice long there, though, isn't it? It must help passing through there at times when you go out further from Harvey Bay when it's quite um solitary to then go through there that um, particular section. It's pretty nice now, isn't it? It is nice, yeah. And it's most of it's virtually like right on the water and that yeah. too. So um, you're not having to worry about, you know, crossing roads and stuff and, you know, you got toilets and water and stuff along there. Yeah, it's, it's such a good road. Just makes it easier to to run. Like yeah. in some of these long runs, all I'm doing is laps up and down the Esplanade rather than trying to venture off too far out in the back roads. Yeah, um, okay. More so yeah. like if something happens in that too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always someone around or or a toilet or a, or a drink stop or or something like that. Like you're not caught out an hour away from the nearest drink stop or something like that without any water in you. Oh, it's perfect. You know, struggling to get back home. So, <laughs> um, hey, mate, what about uh, in terms of time? Like, you've, you're obviously out there a lot through the week. How do, how do you balance it with with all the work and family stuff? Obviously, you've been with your wife for a long time. Is it just now a part of your identity? It's just what you do. It's part of the routine, and and you tell her when you're leaving and when you're getting back, and it's smooth sailing. Or is it can it be pretty challenging at times? It can be challenging at times. She's very good. She does let me get my runs in. Um, I do get up and, you know, do run at silly hours of the morning and stuff like that to kind of minimise that effect or having to run before work and stuff like that. Um, but there is a there is a lot of sacrifice that goes on um, from both of us to allow me to to do the running. Because I'm I'm running anywhere between twenty to thirty hours a week, um, like running and training and and stuff like that. So it's like a it's a part time job on top of a full time job. Yeah, it is. And then having and then having a a young family at home as well. So yeah, do you have to do you, do you go through nights where you're up a bit? during the night and then and then having to like what happens when you got to go up at three in the morning and you've been up a lot have you had nights where you haven't been able to sleep and then it's just a matter of copying the lack of sleep and getting out for the the long run yeah yeah like, <laughs> there's been plenty of times i'm out running longer than i've had actual sleep um but if i if something like that happens and i really haven't had much sleep at all like if i'm getting you know if you know the boys are having a bad night or something happens and i'm only going to get four hours sleep if that you know i'll i'll reevaluate the run the next day and and might swap it with another day or something like that because that can you know can run you into the ground and lead to illness or even injuries and stuff if you're if you're really flogging the body like that yeah um, but in the most part yeah it's just you know you cut your sleep short or the wife has to cut her sleep short because she's got to get up with the, you know, if I'm out the door at three o'clock and one of the boys wakes up 10 minutes later, yeah, yeah, that's it. Up, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, 
both of us lose the lack of sleep um, to try and get the runs in. But yeah, she she is very supportive of of me running, and she backs me a hundred percent. So um, yeah. And does she run too, or does she do anything sort of? Does do a lot. That? Does do a little bit of running. Yeah. Um, now, like we've we've just had our our second second boy. Um, she's kind of hit me up the other day. She's like, "How long before? How long is it going to take me to train up for a marathon?" So she um she doesn't have the competitive backbone that I do, um, but she does enjoy going out. She gets out most mornings, goes for walks or or for a little jog or something like that. But um, she definitely enjoys a running. Oh, it's definitely handy to have that. And um, you'll see how your boys go when they grow up. They might get into it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, if, um, yeah, you go, sorry. I don't know if they can have a choice. No, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's bound to happen almost naturally if you just... Well, that's especially, it. Especially, yeah. you know, it's not like you're running a few times a week here and there. It's just all the time. So it's either well, better to scare them away it. from it or they're going to get right into it. <laughs> so we're, I would take in the other one to... Um, to park run and and he loves it and he'll jump out of the pram and want to run with me and he'll run 500 meters along the along the path or whatever and yeah he loves it and you know he wakes up in the morning goes oh daddy's out running and gets excited when i come home (laughs) he says he wants to go out for a run but i don't know i think i might if he if he wants i might push him something towards golf or something might be a you know Make a career out of it. Sounds all right. At least that they'll no... be out there for a period of time on the golf course when you're running. Well, that's it. Well, there's no no rule, you know. There's no money money in running. You, you run <laughs> for the love of it, you know. Where at least if he's a you know golfer or a tennis player, they'd be able to, you know, make a career out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My um 15 month son now in the morning. He, the wife, we got a window that backs onto the road and, he, and he'll just yep. sit there or get up on his knees looking out of the window, like pointing out of the window saying, dada, dada, dada. <laughs> and the <laughs> wife's like always like, oh, he's working or he's running. <laughs> he's yeah. doing something. A, but dada's well, out I'm, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's, yeah, I'm always work at work or running. <laughs> yeah. He's worked out now. He's pretty clear. He knows if I'm going to work or going for a run just by what I'm wearing. So yes, yeah. He's just like, oh, going to work now or going for a run. Yeah. yeah hey, um, for me. talking of running for this year, what, what have you got up and coming for races this year and next year? We're almost halfway through this year. So it's probably relevant to talk about next year as well. What um what do you got in the cards for ultras and or any maras or any shorter stuff along the way? Yeah, typically I'll I'll pick out a couple of ultras um, and work around them, and then other races kind of just slip into where I can fit them in. Um, so this year I've got the Asia and Oceanic Championships in in July over in India, so that's the big big A A race this year. Um, Nothing really else on the cards this year yet. Um, we'll just play the rest of the year. I, there will be nothing too serious for the rest of the year. Um, it'll more just be something will pop up. I'm feeling good. Race will pop up and I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring and, you know, have a bit of fun with it. 
do something a bit more fun than than serious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, end of next year's world champs. So 24-hour world champs is in December next year. So that's that'll be the big one next year. Um, depending on the race in July, I may have to run another 24-hour to get a qualifier for the Worlds just because the uh, race in India is going to be quite hot. So you, so the totals aren't going to be as high as as you would if you got running in the middle of winter or something like that. So um, depending on how this race goes, depending on what I do at the start of next year, but it would involve some sort of ultra, whether that be a you know 12-hour, 24-hour or a you know, I've always been keen on doing one of them last man standing races. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to, I've, um, last three, I've been trying to do one for the last three years and and something always pops up or another race comes up and, and gets in the road of it. So Yeah, now that's that's like complete survival mode, right? That's literally, yeah, that's, no. that's what you dream of as an ultra runner, <laughs> seeing how long it yeah. can last. See how long we can go for, so... That's um, I'd love to do one of those early next year. Yeah. Um, if it works into the into the schedule, into the plan. Is there a local one of those in Queensland or Australia? So the probably closest one to me is the uh, um, Dead Cow Gully. Yeah. Um, in Nambour, it's only yeah. probably two two three hours away from me. Um, but there's always the ones in Brizzy and that as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, so they're probably the the closest and the biggest ones. Oh, excellent. I've seen Bert have put up the championships at Sandgate next month. I think it's yeah, middle so of June. Will you be there? Not sure. I'd love to be, but I'll also be in taper mode coming yeah. in for, for the 24-hour and benefits that I could be, you know, I've just finished a big block. I'd be feeling good. The downside, if you put me in that sort of situation, there's a chance I'm going to go way too hard and risk doing something silly and putting myself out for the big race. So in a way, yes, I really would love to do it. And another way, it's it, it might be a bit silly because sometimes I don't know when to hold back. Yeah. And put me in a race like that where there's so many, you know, talented runners and, and good runners. You just want to give it everything and... It's hard to keep the reins on. So, yeah, it's a crazy event now. Best to miss it rather than, you know, doing something silly. Yeah, I may see you there if I can sort out this injury of mine. I've never gone to one, um, actually. I've just something's always been on, things like that. Obviously, I've never been in, but coaching the um, West End Running Group and coaching at church here now. But, um, yeah, see see if I can get there. I think it might be PB territory for me if I can. Yeah, well, that'd be nice. Yeah, I've just snuck under 17 minutes. So I think not that oh. 16.59 would rank that highly on that particular day, but um, it definitely would help being there. Oh, I forget what it was. 200 people <laughs> ran. I remember one year it was like 20. 200 runners under 17 minutes or something. <laughs> like, it's just, just crazy. Oh, hello, buddy. Got your son there. Yeah, he's just woken up from a nap. <laughs> hey mate um all right let's get to um the we've got 10 questions here i'm not sure if you listened to the previous interviews but they're pretty much like you're basically supposed to answer them in one sentence so good luck to you yeah um and they'll be pretty 
pretty relevant to you and your running. So number one, what's your favorite ultra running event on the Aussie running calendar? I'd have to say Costa Kosciuszko. Even though I've never raced it myself, I have crewed a mate um, three times on it. And I absolutely love that race. It is, it's something that I will do one day um, and been planning to do for a long time. But yeah, Costa Cozy. Excellent. It's uh, interesting to say that as a, as a crew member. Um, biggest ultra running idol at the moment? Anyone you look up to? I look up to probably my, a good mate of mine, John Pearson. Um, yes. He's been a, a mentor of mine for, for a number of years. Um, yeah, he'd be the... What he's done in the last 10 years, 12 years of ultra running is something pretty, pretty special. Yeah, excellent. Uh, so would he be the most influential person in your running to date or would that be someone like yeah. your wife? Would be him? Oh, the two would be run past. <laughs> yeah. You know, she, she pushes me, she backs me in that um, 100%, you know. Um, every win for me is a win for her and that as well. So where with John, he's he's got the experience and and the, the guidance and stuff there. Yeah, excellent. Um, what about this one's a bit left sort of a curveball question. What's the most unhealthy or biggest meal you've ever had like after a run, like just a massive bucket of KFC chicken or anything like crazy to try and like reward yourself or get back all the, the energy and nutrients? The, the problem is you are craving, I crave ice cream generally like after a race or something the problem is your guts have shut down and show shock and you'll take three mouthfuls of anything and you feel sick you can't you can't eat so the the eyes are huge and you just want to eat and eat and eat but the stomach won't allow it um so generally but i will binge on ice cream for a good couple of weeks afterwards though and, and this is like breakfast, lunch, and dinner ice cream. Yeah, right. Yeah, interesting. Um, what about favourite running location in Queensland? Would that be Harvey Bay or somewhere you've gone to out west or anything or north that you've absolutely loved? Probably the Warwick Pentathlon. True, the, yeah, yeah. The, um, the 10K ascent up Queen Mary Falls. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. I, I, yeah, it's only a short run. It's very tough, and but it's, yeah, Quite enjoy that one. I look forward to that one every chance I get. Yeah, heard about it. I haven't done it myself. I heard about it a lot. Um, favorite park run? I'll probably have to say Bagara. Bagara, where's Bundy. that? Oh, near Bundy. Near Bundy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bi biggest running competitor over the years? A rivalry of some sort you've had in the ultra world or, or road races? I'm going to go Peter Bracken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope Me he listens to this. Been... Otherwise, I'll let him know. Yeah, he's on a fifteen twenty eight this morning. Actually, I can't remember where. Yeah. I've seen it on Strava. Maybe it was Kedron or Manipi. I know he likes to go there, but he's on a fifteen twenty eight. What's your your PB? Is fifteen twenty six, isn't it? Yeah, fifteen twenty seven. And I think he's fifteen fifteen. Rings a bell. Yes, he's, he's got a faster five k. Yeah, I think he's got. Yeah, now he's got a lot of faster up till the marathon. I don't think he's done anything further, so it's a bit hard to compare. But yeah. I remember we're always head-to-head -head 
<laughs> I was getting in there for a couple of years and then he kind of, you know, he turned a corner and started running super well and I started yeah. getting into the longer stuff. And I had he a favourite running gel, but... Yeah, the um, the Infinite is... Infinite, like sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the custom blend, so I use it as a liquid, but yeah, I do make little gels out of those out of yep. their products and that as well yeah hey what about the what's the biggest hill or mountain you've had to run over in a in a race on the in road race, or trail um it'd be one in canada yeah. the, the 50k mountain one it um oh, i forget the elevation but it was we're we talking was, thousands of meters yeah, three thousand yeah. 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 i think in 50k there was something we went up and down three mountains in 50k so it was virtually straight up and down there was there was gradients there of like 49 percent which was just unbelievable but i can't remember the exact figures but i think it was almost two 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 2200 feet of climbing yeah. just in one of the mountains like up yeah. one side and then down and then another 200 uh, another 2000 feet for the other one so Jeez, that's That'd huge. Be a huge one. Hey, uh, any well, any um, have you got any pre-race routines that you always do? Maybe with with what you wear or how how you put things on or set things out the night before or what you eat. Anything that's like a staple before you race? Putting my bib on on my singlet. I'm always like particular how I put yeah. the bib on on the shirt. Like having the the pins face in the same way and how the the um bib actually goes on the singlet yeah um, i'm pretty particular i'll lay it all out the night before and yeah yeah we're not too dissimilar with that i've got massive ocd about it like how it sits if it's low <laughs> yeah. enough high enough yeah all that stuff exactly <laughs> um what shoes do you wear um out on the trails compared to the to road you must cycle through a handful of shoes in training and races I go through a lot of shoes. Um, I wear the topos. Yeah. Um, both trail and and on the road. I just got different models. Yeah. Um, different models for yeah the trails and and for the for the road. So. Right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, you could almost run through a pair in a month, sort of thing. But I normally got at least three to six pairs on the go at any one time. Yeah. So yeah. I it's rotate crazy. them through and. Oh, uh, you have to. Um, Last question. Do you have the Harvey Bay Park Run record? No. No. Um, to I think a Toby's got a Toby Powers. Young, is that young your wife fella. calling it? Young, um, young triathlete's got it. But What's his full name again? Toby Powers. Toby Powers. Okay. Yeah. Young fella up here. He does. Must be close yeah. to 15 minutes. Yeah, I think it was 15 15. Yeah, the riding scene's pretty big up there too, isn't it? Some amazing roads. Yeah, a lot of cyclists Bay. up yeah. here. A lot of cyclists. Yeah. Um, and also you've got the Harvey Bay 100 up here every year and that as well. It's quite popular. True. Um, with a, a triathlon there. But yeah, I don't get many too many park run records. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm, I can do a quick park run, but it's not, it's not quick, quick, not like, you know, when you got Pete Brack and half the Burt boys running around and Aiden Yeah, Hall they own all the Brisbane ones, don't they? 
Peter Bracken and uh, Adam Fogg, Claire Clay Dawson, uh, Aiden Hobbs. No, if you're going back five years, you know, I could, I was taking a few park run records and I had a few of them there for a while, but then all of a sudden Pete's coming and taking them and Aiden and, and all the boys. And I don't what think about, I'd have um, any... I had a mate, he knows a guy, I think, you know, Chris Woolahan. You know, Chris Woolahan? Yeah. Yeah. My mate, Avi Singh, he's, he's a young mate of mine, a lot, a lot younger, but he trains with Chris. He was saying, he was saying, tell Dan that, Chris is coming for your Petrie course record. Would that be Park Run or is that something else up the Petrie? Yeah, no, that'll be Park Run. Yeah. Is it still there? I didn't think I'd still have it. It must be. And Chris is in mighty shape. So he must be in danger. Yeah, right. I reckon he'd, did. he'd be he'd be well in the 15s now with the way he's running. Yeah, nice. Because yeah, I did get a message from him saying that. And uh, I wasn't sure if he's taken it yet, but because I haven't received another one, it's probably he hasn't got it yet. So. Oh, okay. But it yeah. took me a number of attempts to get that one. Yeah. I, I went out there week after week trying for that one. Um, it's a it's a tough or very hilly at the start and at the finish. Oh, no, it's it's interesting. Definitely when there's hills in them and stuff too, and they're not so dead flat. It's um, it, you know, everyone everyone's over the same conditions. So it must be the only one that I've got left. Yeah. I thought they would have all been gone by now, but yeah, it's a small world, isn't it, to have that um, connection. But Chris said the other day he'd finally listened to the podcast and he said he was really enjoying it. He took a while to get onto yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell him that uh, we had an interview and he can have a listen in, in on this one, get a few tips. <laughs> hey, mate, thanks for your time. Hey, we've gone through a lot of stuff and there were a lot of keen runners interested in it. I'm assuming that some of the Burt people listen in and the ultra mates you made over your time running there and, and um, family and friends. So yeah, I really appreciate your time and I've definitely learned a lot. So thank you very much. Ah, thank you for inviting me along. And yeah. Thanks for having a good chat. Always love talking about running. Yeah, it's good. Hey, I won't definitely see you out at ultras anytime soon, but if you're around Brizzy for a, a jog or run, let me know. I'll, we'll catch up or just, just naturally see you at a park run or something. Maybe that Sandgate uh, champs yeah. in a month or so. So thank you, mate, and um, oh, have you. a good weekend. Enjoy the rain. Cheers, will do. <laughs> See you guys. No worries. Thank you.